Hey, it's Dr. Lisa, and it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. How are you doing? Hey, so uh, we've got a great show for you today. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, the greatest radio station in the entire Western Hemisphere. I've checked because I've listened to all of them. I'm just really glad that we're here with you today. I just came back from a vacation. It was awesome. I spent three days in Asbury Park alone. So uh, anyone that, uh, you know, uh, if you ever, going someplace alone is the most, the best way to recharge. I can tell you that. It really is. It's really great. So, uh, and uh, I just feel so much better now after not having anyone to argue with for two days, which is very rare for me. So before we really get started, I want to just let you in on a few things. First of all, uh, we are um, trying to get Radio Free Brooklyn to South by Southwest. Did you know that? And you know what? You can help us. You have control over this, folks. Come on in and not come on in. Just go to your, just go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, South by Southwest, I mean, slash South by Southwest. And, uh, um, oh, good. Tom just told me this, this station's the, the, I got a little, you know, I get really nervous about this tech stuff. Like I'm going to get in trouble. And Tom just told me it was, it's okay. Okay, so we're okay. There, I can relax. Thank you, Tom. Uh, Anyway, there's only two more days for this. So what you need to do is go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash South by Southwest and then vote for our panel. It's going to be um, a really amazing uh, panel about DIY radio and local music communities, stuff stuff that that we need now more than ever because I kind of feel like I'm, I'm kind of proud of being like something that Trump doesn't like. I'm part of that media. I'm part of the, no, I'm not part of the media. He doesn't like, cause we don't have any real, we're non, we're nonprofit, but we can say shit about him. He wouldn't like it. If he knew what the shit that I said about him, he would not like it. I am not on his side. I am not helping him. But also on Monday, I really want you to come to this at the Footlight Bar at 465 Seneca Avenue. Um, one of our most fabulous, fabulous and lovely, gorgeous. She's really good looking folks. Okay. So if that helps, I mean, she's also brilliant, but if that helps you get there, you might as well know it. Okay. So she's doing a show, uh, uh actually a panel on, um, well, it, Tuke Endlow uh, does the uh, What Would Save the World uh, show. And it's a really great call-in argumentative type show. But she's hosting a panel of what is the role of independent political radio with hosts from Local Vibes Radio, What Would Save the World, Objection to the Rule, Apocalypse, I don't know. Anyway, there's going to be like a lot of really, really good people. And it's from seven to nine. Once again, at uh, the footlight on 465 Seneca Avenue. What can I tell you? So I have this really awesome guest today. And I don't, I'm, I'm a little, 
you know, I have a lot of complicated people on here. I, I'll give you that. But this person, not this person, this person is not, well, I mean, whether she's complicated or she's complicated, of course. She's on this show. Of course she's complicated. Uh, but that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is her creative practice is fairly complicated. And I spent just the last few moments trying to like figure out how to present it to you guys. So um, we're going to try doing that. And then um, a lot of her practice involves her highly intuitive uh, to the point of mystical, I don't know, or, 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 um, what's the word? Uh, what, what, what is that word, uh, that I'm looking for? Uh, you know, where they, where it's like, uh, uh, anyway, there's a word I'll, that'll come to me in a second. But anyway, um, you know, like weird otherworldly shit. Okay. There. I don't know. There's a word for that, but I can't think of it right off the top of my head. But what I do want you to know is that I met her originally through the uh, Elizabeth Foundation uh, for the Arts program because she is the creator and program director of that space. And it's like super impressive what she's created there, but whatever she's got going to make that happen, she is putting into as well as making that happen. Anyway, this person has a lot... She's very capable, and uh, I think that this is going to be a journey right here, a very interesting journey that I don't really have any idea where it's going to go. So let's say, oh, and she's, okay, so we're not, we're not, we don't have any relatives that we know of, but her name is Michelle Levy, spelled the same as mine. People are going to ask that. We don't have any relatives in common. We've been down that row. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Lisa. <laughs> Can you get a little closer to the mic? Oh, yeah. Cool. So um, how did I describe you? Um, I think that was a great, accurate description. Oh, accurate. <laughs> okay, that's good. So um, I, you have had, when I, when, I, when I got from some of what you were saying was that you, um, when I was asking you, for some of the details so I could present you properly. A lot of what I got out of it was that you were a shy person, uh, which I don't see you as now, but I could imagine you being that way. And I think a very observant person. And that as a child, you probably, you had a lot of intuition. Intuition is kind of, I think, a... um, a a a fabric behind everything for you is that right yes yes closer can yeah we i want to make sure that we get you at an optimal capacity here kiss the microphone yes so anyway so that makes sense okay so I'm, i'm 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 on the right track there and trying to let you know what happens um i'm gonna read i'm gonna read uh I'm going to read what uh, Michelle wrote, what you wrote, Michelle, uh, and then I'm going to let you describe the project that you're working on now. How's that? Okay. Okay, so it, Michelle Levy summons the serendipitous elements that brought her to this very moment, a deja vu in a field, a religious craving, an overlooked report card that is very, very old, an old letter drafted from the sky, 
a grandmother's cryptic message, a Scotch sour, Poland, and possibly falafel. So I told her that this was great. This is what I said to you, Michelle, right? And I'm just sharing this. So okay. I told her, I told Michelle right away. I was like, so anyway, that'll give you an idea. That That's great if you're in a performance. But, you know, my radio, for radio, we got, especially these people, they have no, I mean, they're just like a bunch of, you know, unemployed people sitting in a basement <laughs> somewhere. They have no tension span. So um, can you describe the project a little bit? And then I want to get, I want to talk, as I told Michelle, we want to talk about her her uh, instincts for mysticism or, or deja vu or whatever you call it. So I want to get to that. But I want, to, I want us to understand your project first so we can have that discussion. So go ahead. Okay, so this project is a ongoing performance where I present my research in process. And it was started because I just out of the blue basically was invited to Prague uh, to do curatorial research. And um, while I was there, an artist took me on a trip to the countryside near Poland, and I had this She wanted memory. to show you the real, the real Poland, yes, right? Yes, to show me. No, we, we were in the Czech, Czech Republic. So she took you on. I'm sorry. So she took you. It was actually a huge. Here I am. I'm screwing up the facts. <laughs> so you were there as a curator. Yes. Or, you know, you, you, were, you were sort of, I mean, I find that a Wow, that's a cool business trip. So you were there yeah, on a cool business cool. trip to to the Czech Republic. And while you were there, an artist wanted to show you Poland? No, he wanted to show me the authentic Czech life. Yeah, yeah. So a that, Czech you artist. Know, this was, yes, a Czech right. artist who, you know, yeah. he wanted to get me out of Prague and take me. Show you the real deal. Real. Awesome. Yeah. So we were walking through this rural part, this field, and I just had this memory that I, I can't tell you what it was. It was something at first I thought it was very clear that a story that I knew it was connected with my grandmother's childhood and something about a retreat that with her family took her to in the country. And I, and then I, the more I thought about it, I had no idea what it was or where it came from. And I still don't know what it was, but, but it was like a vision. Yeah. I mean, yeah. those words are all really corny, but I, I'm, I'm not familiar with them, and I know it sounds... I, I don't mean to, like, make this sound like, you know, hocus-pocus, because I don't believe it is, because you're not a... Ho- I, I'm vouching for you, Michelle. You are not a hocus-pocus person. But I don't know how else to sum it up. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that I, I think if, if by chance I happened to be somewhere where my grandmother had been, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it didn't even seem that strange that I might have, have a... No, it probably wouldn't to you because you're used to communicating with the world on this plane, right? I, I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, so it's just normal <laughs> yeah. for you. Got it. Um, but yeah, it made me... So my grandmother was from Eastern Europe, but we never knew exactly where she was from. She's a Jewish immigrant. Uh, during She came during World War One. The borders were different. She always said she was Austrian. It was vague. And this memory just made me really want to find out where she was from and it grew this desire to know and actually to go there um, and touch ground with where she was from just kept growing um, because she had a very difficult life once she moved when she came to the United States and she was a a woman with a hard life and I just wanted to sort of touch base with you know her childhood maybe before while while she still had some innocence and and Mm -hmm. happiness is she alive today or how old how how old 
how old were you when she passed? She um, passed away when I was about 22. Oh, okay. So you grew up with her. Yeah. Oh, did but she live near you when you were growing up? She lived in Brooklyn. I lived in Long Island. Mm-hmm. Um, we visited her close? a lot. Yes. But the, the other thing about my grandmother was for many years before she died, she had dementia. Mm. So her mind really, we, you know, we watched her mind deteriorate. And um, part of this uh, description of that piece uh, with the mention of uh, this bizarre message and falafel. <laughs> Um, was actually that um, towards the end she started just speaking Yiddish, and then after and then after that she actually could only say this one phrase, which was nobody knew what it meant. It was just achel achel, and for a long time all she could say was achel 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 achel, and that's how she would communicate with people. So she had once been this very um, and extremely sharp like woman ahead of her time. She was politically mm-hmm. active. She mm-hmm. was just like a whippersnapper, mm-hmm. go-getter. I don't know. And, and did you ask like translators or people who might know, be able to translate that? Nobody's been able to figure it out, but I have some theories after doing a lot of research and mm-hmm. just speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, because her language was sort of going backwards, her name was Rachel, um, and her Yiddish name would have been Rachel, and I learned wow. that in Polish it would have been Rachela, and maybe it was just uh, the the... The original sounds like achal, 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 you know, something, something as simple as that. Where right. it could have been maybe when she was like a child learning how to say her name or something could be pre-verbal. Sort yeah, of, right. Not that. I thought of the word I was looking for, <laughs> metaphysical. Mm, yeah. Okay. That's a good word. Is that? Do, do you? What do you think of that word? What is that word? How does that word make you feel? Is that something that? I, I I don't know. I'm comfortable with it. I relate. Uh, I relate to it. You're yes. comfortable with yes. it. Okay, because people have all different takes on it, and I don't. I don't assume. Yeah, yeah. I don't assume. Good to know. Good to know. I'm trying to find out. Trying to. Look. We learn. I learned something there, and uh, I think that's a good word too. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, so there were some freaky things about it. Like you found. Did you find a letter or something? Tell us like one of the weird things that that. Uh, there is like some weird sort of quasi-coincidental metaphysical experience that happened, right? Yes, or, or well, there we, was we some, have to call it all coincidence, but okay. um, strong but, no, We don't have to call it anything. This or, is fucking... This is fucking fake Dr. Lisa. She gives us Oh, shit. but, you know, I guess basically <laughs> yeah. for me, I'm always... I'm so back yeah. and forth between... Is this coincidence or is this something more? And I and I and I well, don't. You're, you're a disciplined artist. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I'm, cri- I'm self critical. I have to. Yeah, I'm rational too. Yeah, you know, you're not saying it. I am. That's cool. okay. Well, I'm okay. gonna say that. Okay. So tell us, like, there was like a bunch of weird things, but t- explain okay. one of the weird, weird coincidence. Okay. The weirdest coincidence. Well, basically, as soon as I decided that I wanted to take this trip, and I had no idea where I was going, I just I invited my mother. To also go with me. This is her mother. We had no idea where we were going, mm-hmm. and then she just found this uh, report card in her oh, in her living room. It was an old document that had been saved by my grandmother. Uh, we didn't know. Uh, now that we have Google Translate, we could figure out quickly. It was in Polish, mm-hmm. and it was from 1914 mm-hmm. um, when my grandmother was eight, and um, and so she she did live in Poland, and uh, it was signed by my great grandmother. And her name is Salomea, and and you guys didn't know that was her name, even we didn't we didn't know anything about her. And how did your mom find this? Was she looking for stuff because she knew that you were going on this trip? Yes, or? she was looking for stuff because we couldn't 
we we hit a wall. We couldn't find any information mm-hmm. online or anything yeah, more about sure. our family. Yeah, because so she didn't just, have the internet in World War One. That's the whole thing. Yeah, and what's interesting is when my grandmother had dementia, she started tearing up. There was this point where she was destroying all of her things, and so my mother took some of her oh, possessions, weird. not knowing what they were, and just filed them away and didn't oh, look at them. Wow! Oh wow! So That's this was something that my grandmother had held on to, you know, mm. until she was ninety. And you know, your grandmother had a very difficult childhood, right? Yes. And what was that? What What do you know about that? Well, I know that when so her family was we we believe had to flee uh, to the U.S. and um, her mother died shortly after they came here and they were very poor and she had to and her father was not really good with business so she Mm -hmm. as a um very young you know by the by the time she was 15 she was working to support the family um Mm -hmm. her brothers and sisters yeah she had two younger brothers so Mm -hmm. um so i i think that I also believe she was very traumatized by the loss of her mother, mm-hmm. having to lose her home and be in this strange place mm-hmm. and lose her mother. And her mother died in this country. Her mother, we have discovered since this, since uh-huh. I was since doing this research, research, but there's no record of her death. Uh-huh. But I but figured yeah, out. No, so we're imagining like a young, a very young, maybe pre-adolescent, a tween. That's not even funny. Uh, just coming to this country with her family and then losing her mother. I mean, the struggles. Yeah, so we don't have any idea what that's like. The, it's probably, and then she had like an evil stepmother. Oh, yeah. man, I'm a stepmother. <laughs> I'm sorry, not evil. sorry, sorry. No, no, no. And the hers wasn't evil, evil either, but, but she, I, she thought stepmothers, she was evil. Step, <laughs> I understand, but your stepmother's tough. You have no control. Anyway, that's not that's not the point. So, so there's a lot of innate, innate sort of mystical quality around this, isn't there? Just in that where we, we, and in, in even thinking about it, uh, I'm in the moment of imagining a lot of things mm-hmm. that truly happened in life that were really difficult that are attached to you, this human who's here in front of me at the moment. So there's really a lot there. Um, do you want to explain in a, uh, if we can briefly that how this translated to the performance, because when you and I started talking about this, it was around April and you were doing a, or maybe it was March and you were going to do a performance at nurture art, shout out nurture art, which Mm -hmm. is a really fantastic artist organization. If you haven't been there, it's near it's in 56 Bogart and Morgan L, but, um, nonprofit, another great nonprofit. But anyway, uh, can you explain a little bit about the performance that you did there? Okay. Yes. So that was actually the fourth um, performance from this area of inquiry, but it was a very different one um, because basically the way that I perform, I do multimedia performance, sort of like a lecture with... Um, well, it's sort of like I saw the pictures. It's like slides and stuff yeah, like that. Like yeah. You can see it if you go to... Um, the posts that I put on my Facebook page and stuff like that. It's its like almost like a, a lecture with yeah. a slide lecture. Right? Yeah. And there's some audience participation. Uh-huh. So so but this one was different because it was at a, a, a place in the development of my learning about things where I had made a new discovery of another um, a woman from my family ancestry. So um, this that performance was to introduce 
I was trying to find information about my great-grandmother, Salomea, and I couldn't find more information. Uh, I actually ended up on this retreat for artists interested in Polish-Jewish history because mm-hmm. I was doing this project. The mm-hmm. retreat kind of appeared. Where, where'd you go? <laughs> Warsaw. That's so interesting. You mean yeah. you just kind of found it on the web? Or well, something? no. Once I started, the first performance I did uh, related to this project, some uh, a Polish curator said, oh, you should ah, know about this thing. Oh, great. And so one thing led to another. Yes, which is how this whole thing has kind of worked. Yeah, yeah. And so then I, so I'm in Warsaw. Oh, wow. And, I'm, and I go to the Jewish Historical Archives to find out more about my great-grandmother. And, I, and all I can find out is that she had a brother and he had a daughter who had given a testimony, a survival testimony um, at the end of the Holocaust. So there was a part of the family that had remained in Poland. We didn't even know they, we didn't know they existed. So you had somebody, you had a relative that was in uh, Auschwitz or where was it? She was, she was not, Did she was in Poland. Auschwitz? No, no, it said, uh, no, 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 you no. know what? I'm sorry. I got that confused because of something else I read. That's completely unrelated. That is a detour that I took by mistake. Sorry. Oh, that is. (laughs) Go ahead. So, so she, she was in, she was in Poland and I'm saying Poland generally because Mm -hmm. she actually spent the entire time of the war in many different places Mm -hmm. um, with twists of fate where she just never ended up. Every time she was about to be sent to the camps, she was never um, sent. And the reason I know all of this is because there was this document that they had on file at, at the archives where I was crazy and they were like do you want it and and i had just made friends with a polish woman artist who was also doing work about her grandmother and we had made plans to meet because we wanted to talk about our work so i asked her to translate the document and it turned out to be this like like feature length film type of story of a woman who who just like is has all these different fake papers and traveling throughout different cities and it paints this picture of wow of like occupied that's so heavy. Poland. it's it's really intense and it's so it's a whole that's a whole other story so, yeah that is a whole story so is that a handwritten document yes that she wrote she didn't write it it was an interview so somebody it was like third person so okay oh okay so but it was it was transcribed handwritten transcribed yeah. from an interview um did how many pages was it Ten pages. Yeah. So, how did that feel when that woman, when you found that, and how was that experience? It was. It's. I don't have words to describe it. I. I was. I. I still. I, every time I try to describe it, I yeah, just you should can't see this person's it. face. It's really. I like, just. It was. There's a lot coming out. I was from just you. never. You know, the way that my process is is I'm always just following a path and discovering things and surprised but this was a surprise like no other surprise I've ever had and I felt really like also the woman was my age she was in her early 40s um, she by the end of the war she was alone she had lost her family and then there's no record of her after so I sort of felt this responsibility that I I need to do something with with a story I don't know what but somehow it's come to me it's related to my family, but it's a, a separate thing. So I have these two, like, I'm following, I'm trying to find my great-grandmother and my grandmother's history. Oh, trying to find my great-grandmother and my grandmother's history. And then I'm also, you know, wondering, you know, what I can do with this really compelling story yeah, of this which woman. which could be like a whole novel and a whole movie. And then yeah. like, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's, and when did you get this? So that happened. I, I discovered her. I discovered her name is Paulina. I discovered her in February. That was February. Just this past February. Yeah. 
like six months ago. Yeah. Wow. So uh, that must have, and you were, what did your mother say about that? I mean, that must have like your whole family, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody is, was really surprised and couldn't wait to hear the did whole they story. Give you, did they, um, did the archive give you the document? Or? A photocopy. They yeah. photocopy. So it's still there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that their what they have there must be a, a, some old kind of copy. It's so degraded. It's really hard to read, which I also really like because there's, there's even when I work with people who are native Polish speakers, they can't figure all of it out. And there's right, a lot of, str- right, you know, right. Different so interpretations. That must be really, that must've been really intense. So um, what happened after that? So um, then I came back and continued to try to get a really good translation of that story. Meanwhile, I was planning this trip with my mother to go to Poland. So I had these two separate so things that, going on. So you came back in, say, it was February, March, and then you also had a trip planned in, yeah. in June, which yeah. you just came back from recently, right? Yeah, yeah. And, well, in, and in April, I did the presentation at nurture art which was what i call a bridge between the story the grandmother's story and the story of finding this other woman and a way to introduce sort of how i came about it because it it didn't it's not just a random story it's like this the way i came about it is Is, so unusual and and i and i felt and i wanted to have to share this to introduce that story to the audience so how Tell us again, I want to be clear. So your grandmother, how is this person related to your grandmother? First cousin. She's the, she's, so my grandmother's mother, her brother, that's his daughter. So so you just went to the, the organization and you said, do you have any people related to this or something like that, right? It's not that, well, it, it was a long, pro- it was actually, <laughs> you know, a huge process. Um, yes. There's a genealogist that I had been oh. in, working with over oh. time. Yeah. And I got to meet her in person, but she had been working on the case. Oh, oh interesting. So interesting. So how was the reaction at Nurture Art or what did you get out of uh, what did you get emotionally from doing the performance? Did you get feed? The story is remarkable, of course. So did you get feedback on that or what kind of feedback? Yeah, I mean, I think of- people were really moved. I mean, the thing that I wanted to do was to hear the story again for the first time. So I broke it up into sections so that the audience would read it and not me. And so there were 20 sections and uh, it was amazing. People were so well organized and behaved and respectful. And um, I asked them to not read it beforehand so that because I wanted them to be discovering it as they read it. And, you know, it included some of my notations and some ways of how to pronounce mm-hmm. things that I think are the way to pronounce things. So it's a lot of layers of translation. And um, people were very moved because they became a part of the story and be- they were inside of the performance. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. So did that, um, what did you, what did you learn? Uh, what did you learn about yourself or what did you get from that? Was it... Um, was it like that you got to feel closer to your relative or 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 see it in other people's eyes or I think it was more seeing it in other people's eyes. I'm really interested in not just my own perspective but how uh you know a sort of universal perspective uh plays a role in the things that I'm exploring and or, or how something personal that I'm exploring is really universal. So right. getting hearing how other people respond is really uh, 
useful and actually one of the most important things. Yeah, because your story is universal. I mean, even for me, right in the moment, like thinking like my name is the same spelling, certainly as and, you know, as your last name. And like this, you like is giving me the chills thinking this is one of my relatives and how many, you know, um, you know, I mean, as a Jew, you know, we we are all in that that boat, but it, it does extend a lot beyond Jews and you can make a lot of very similar comparisons between all sorts of cultures, people who have been forced to leave their countries, people who have chosen under difficult circumstances to leave their countries. Mm-hmm. And um, it also even the concept right now, thinking about what leaving your country means, because mm-hmm. for one thing, all this crap that uh, clown car has brought up for us is actually, I think, renewing a lot of patriotism. Mm-hmm. We we identify with our country more yeah. more than we may know. So I want to just remind people how great it is that they're having this opportunity to listen to us talk about this amazing project via uh, Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, hi, I'm Dr. Lisa, and Dr. Lisa gives a shit. We're exploring a fascinating multi-level journey that Michelle Levy is on. And, uh, you know, it's a good time to uh, chip in and and give us some money for our nonprofit. The money is tax deductible, but you don't even have to give us us very much. Just go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com or .org slash pledge, or it's really easy. You can go to Facebook and donate money to us on Radio Free Brooklyn. It's easy. It's easy. And you know what? I promise you, it will make you feel good. Okay, so let's see where we are with the project. That must have had a profound effect. <laughs> Obviously. <Yes. clears throat> so where, where, like, where are you now? What, what did... What happened after the reading? What happened? Like, what? how did that affect your trip in June? Um, well, it's interesting because I, I was very much unsure of how, how those two things should be together. You know, like, um, I was taking my mother on this trip, and this was sort of a separate story than that story, and I didn't want to distract from the grandmother's right. channeling of the grandmothers or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I got to actually present, do this performance again in, in Krakow when I was there. I was invited. Wow. Yeah, because um, there is a theater maker there, um, Michael Rubenfeld. Not, not, uh, he's not Polish. <laughs> a Jew, though. <laughs> and um, he also had been, has been doing a theater work about going to Poland with his mother um, to visit where their family was from. And so it was very coincidental. And when he heard about my research he invited he create he basically uh create turned his home into a venue and invited oh, some wow. people and we got to perform so your mom got to i said see we it. got to perform because my mom came with me and she was videotaping it so oh oh so how, <laughs> she so was you, part of it so you got to do that with her there yeah and that must have been really amazing yeah it was really interesting because there were there was a you know it was like a half polish audience too and to have 
Polish women, a Polish Jewish woman reading an English translation of a Polish uh, document with, of a woman uh, from Krakow, now in Krakow. It's, you know, so many it's layers. So it's intense. So yeah. your mom had that experience, yeah. too. And so what happened in June? Like, what happened? You said you went to visit a clairvoyant before you oh, went? Oh, well, or I you consulted. I consulted. There's, um, yeah, there's, um, I don't know what you'd call her, a spiritual guide. Mm-hmm. She's, she's um, someone that I've, uh, uh, another artist put me in touch with and she is she's extremely intuitive who can explain where it comes from but she she just can through Skype without even through looking Skype. at you without even video Skype she can tell you more about your this is how this has been my experience she can tell you more about yourself than um, than somebody that you've known for quite a while wow. so um, so I thought what what the hey you know yeah, right right I have all this stuff what happening the hell? and it what the yeah what the hell because you know going basically we, my mother and I we hired a guide we knew we were going to uh, an area of Poland where there was nothing left there was no there's nothing to look for we were just going right, to this place yes. and so i wanted some guidance guidance or yeah. just like some some rules to give myself and you know yeah, that's talking smart. to a person who thinks in those planes was a good idea um so but what was interesting was that, um, you know, she actually connected with. So, you know, I was like, I have all these things coming at me and I don't know if they're all connected mm-hmm. or they feel mm-hmm. important, but maybe they're not important. And, you know, like she said, she said they're all important, that they're the that the that the Paulina, which is the cut, the the relative right. that I discovered later on. Right. Is important in a different way, not not connected to the grandmothers, but that um, that. That actually, my great grandmother Salomea, the the message was that that this sort of um, there was this healing that needed to happen, and by starting on this process that I was had already started, like it was moving things around, and um, that that there was just this stagnant energy, and that the basically my my grandmother and great grandmother were really excited to sort of show us the way when we when we get to Poland. Right. So she you would say that she was like a medium that contacted the dead. We could Wait, say I'm I mean yeah. Yes, it, yes. Yeah. Um I don't, you know, who, or she, I, it's she inexplicable. Oh well, yeah, she had but inexplicable. I mean, but yes. Yeah, we're, these are things that are hard to talk about because there's no literal way to discuss them. But, but the one yeah. thing I will say was there was a moment when she was talking about um, my grandmother and my great grandmother, and she said they were sta- they were so close they were standing right next to me, and then I felt these crazy chills going up and down my mm-hmm. spine, and mm-hmm. I don't you know again yeah. who knows who knows what any of this it is. doesn't yeah I mean it's your experience and that's what we're talking that's what we talking about and we we can't God knows we cannot explain the human experience that's for no. sure so what happened um, so that happened you got to to perform that again with your mom there, which must have been hugely gratifying and exciting. But what what else came out of it? Any? Yeah, I mean, we we so as I so we hired a guide to take us to the region where my grandmother was from, and that was a uh, just a few days um, in the countryside, like, southern Poland, a few hours from Krakow, um, and that was very difficult um, because. In order to find any information, you have to go to the oldest person in the town mm-hmm. who holds the memory of that town. I mean, mm-hmm. people told us this would happen, and I was like, "That's not how it's going to work." But that's really how it works. And so, so there are towns there. Let's just—it's like a village, like a village from like a hundred years ago or two hundred years ago, sort of. Um, I would say older, 
older yeah. than that. But um, but, but a lot, a lot. The thing with Poland is so much has been destroyed from the war. So right. a lot, it's a lot. Most there's a lot of new, you know, things have been built built back right. since the war. But but the lifestyle is really very Rural. like hard and hard for. For us Americans to even imagine. Slow, yes. Slow, rural, country. It's funny because it's hard to imagine some of this metaphysical stuff, but even the real stuff is hard to imagine, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you that you go and someone says, go to this house. They describe the house. They don't even give you the address. You go and the mm-hmm. and they don't know the name of the person, but that's the old person in the town so, that has the so history. So did you speak to a bunch of people? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, not or, directly because we our, our translator did it Oh, for us. okay. So tell us one story about the old person that you saw. Okay, well, we were looking for the school that my grandmother went to because we had her report card. Mm-hmm. So we, um, we went to the town of the school and we went to this the old the old the town guru this wonderful old lady who um had she so you basically they you have to hear stories uh if you're jewish and you show up to an old polish home with someone who remembers the war they want to tell you stories of their experiences so she was very kind very lovely she gave us cake um and she Mm -hmm. she told a lot of her memories of she was she was very close with the Jewish families in the town. Mm-hmm. So we were there. I mean, it's like you have to slow down. I mean, we were she there for like an a, hour. Yeah, she wasn't a Jew. She wasn't Jewish herself. No, there's just no, may why she does. She survived, yes. Right. Yeah. So did she have any information that was specific to you? Yes. She was able to tell us where the school was. Oh, which oh. we couldn't find otherwise. Oh, I see. So um, and she called me um, a Shana Shiksa. Which apparently is a compliment. <laughs> a good-looking non-Jew. <laughs> yes. Okay. But I guess I guess the, the the Jews at the time, and you know, if you say this, oh, you look like a shiksa, it was a compliment. I don't know. I think you're right because I, as a young child, I think I was called a shiksa a few times myself by relatives. Yeah, but this woman was which proud. Is crazy, yeah. but yeah, she was she was just like happy to share that her few Yiddish words that she remembered. Mm-hmm. But there were there were no there were no Jewish people left in that part of. Poland. Sad. There are, I mean, there are in the cities or other areas, and I, you know, I'm not an expert in where the Jewish people no, are. No, in Poland, I get so. it. I get um, it. Well, it sounds really fast. I mean, it sounds like really a, a dive into a completely different culture that we don't even know exists. And this is Europe we're talking about, yeah. right? And we would you have ever imagined? I mean, I can't even picture that that would even exist in Europe right now. No, and it's it was amazing because it just like was so beautiful the land that that my family was from and to just know like and they were landowners too not that we're going to reclaim any of this land. <laughs> we have, like there are there's there's a lot of, i actually saw a lot of land that could have that, that could be could our land yeah and and it's you know it just kind of so what what does this i mean it's a fascinating story i wish we had a three-hour program but <laughs> Um, so what, it, what are you gonna, cause I want to talk a little bit about the metaphysical stuff too. Okay. So, um, just from your experience, but, uh, so what's, what has this inspired you or what, what's the yeah. next steps? I'm, I'm working with the material now. I'm planning a, uh, uh, another performance and, and I think it will actually end up becoming, um, more like a, a, a video as well. Like, so, um, over the next six months, I'm I'm working on on a piece that ex- sort of explores. Are you this. are you going to be explain ex- like more explaining? Is it more of a storytelling piece? Because the thing the thing that I really liked, I mean, not good or bad, not that it shouldn't be, but I mean, it's also interesting that you used 
the performance to sort of get some yeah. observation or distance. Yeah. So um, is it going to have that element or, or, or are you just trying to like actually gr- kind of get your arms around what the story is? I'm trying to get my arms around it. I think it's too soon to, to mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. specifically with this part, with this it going to Poland mm-hmm. with my mother and that mm-hmm. I'm trying, I'm still just figuring out what that is. The other story, the Paulina, that thing, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I do that. There's going to be a lot more um, performance you're research. Not, okay, so you're still yeah. working on that. that yeah, that's like I think going to be a long term. That's different. Yeah. So, how did this affect your relationship with your mother? All this stuff. It must be rewarding. With yeah, I think it was very rewarding. Do you yeah. feel closer to her, or did you have yeah. conversations? Did you hear about her life more? Um, yes, absolutely. I mean. We never spent that much. I mean, we have spent that much time together. That's that's a lie, mm-hmm. but not in that way. We've never traveled together, mm-hmm. um, and we traveled together very well. And we were faced with a lot of difficult moments because we were dealing with difficult history. But we mm-hmm. we you know figured out how to talk through it all. And I think it was. I think you know my mother said that she felt her when we went to the town where my grandmother was we were driving down the street my mother said mm-hmm. that she felt her mother she felt her mother there and she's not um a spiritual person right. so that really to me was right. like a reward because i feel like i provided you know mm-hmm. not not to take all the credit but you know oh, go ahead <laughs> everybody a lot of I people facilitated, around here would i facilitated this experience yeah, that she wouldn't did. have had otherwise yeah you did and how about your dad is he around or my dad is around. Yes, he's that's involved. a complicated story. No, he's not. He's not. Are I mean, your parents I'm, divorced? My parents are divorced. My parents oh. are are very divorced. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's a whole other story. Yeah, but um, I I, I find this really fascinating, and uh, I'm excited to um keep keep track of it. I mean, you'll have to come back and keep in touch and let us know how this yeah. progresses. Yeah, because it's clearly you're in the middle of in this, the middle. Totally this, in the middle. And it's hard to tell. So I wanted to have some uh, information because I don't really get to talk that often with people who have some metaphysical experiences and or or people who there's been a resurgence, let's say maybe in my in my life, in my world or something that I've been uh, called upon to think about more. Maybe not. I don't know. (laughs) But all this stuff of. you know, imagining, or not imagining, but, you know, the whole world of uh, psychics and tarot cards and all that stuff, you know, mediums. Um, it's just something that I'm, that we are, that is part of our becoming, it's actually growing in our society, don't you think? It does, I, I do think so. But I wanted to know your take on it personally, like, I feel like even talking about it is in a certain way making fun of you, which I don't mm. want to do. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And how do you, how do, how, I mean, there's a cynicism about it. And how do, how does somebody like me avoid, like I'm a, I'm, I'm afraid. I mean, I have, or it's not just you, but I, I don't know how to navigate this. And I'm wondering, like maybe there would be a way for me to understand because I'm imagining that you're an in, 
a very observant person and that you may pick up on a lot of things. So can you explain to me, for you, your experience between what's just out there on the tangible level and then where, how you get these vibes or intuitions or how, can you explain that in some ways and where you think that comes from? It's hard to explain it because it's not something that I necessarily can see a distinction between. Um, Actually, someone just recently asked, oh, do you give tutoring and becoming more intuitive? And I thought I need, I need to understand what it is myself because um, it's just a way in which I sort of go about my day and it's like um, I have to say that I'm also quite um, skeptical uh, and I and I have this very rational side so there are things that I'll I will notice and observe and then say you know a lot of times I'll just say that's just coincidence but I I'm really interested in noticing coincidences Mm -hmm. um, because I think I mean it's a coincidence that we exist Mm-hmm. And so coincidences can be just as phenomenal or feel metaphysical, mm-hmm. actually, as as something that was, you know, mm-hmm. coming from some so other power. There is some exploitation of it, isn't there? I mean, as far as that's a rhetorical question, rhetoric, like <laughs> our leader, um, which is so obnoxious, isn't it, Lisa? <laughs> so anyway, uh, we're learning here. We're all learning. Uh, but the problem is. This is the problem I have because I am interested in this stuff. Uh, but on one hand, there is so much of an exploitation of it, right? Palm readers and all this oh, stuff. Yeah. And how do you, how do you maintain integrity? You know, yeah. how do, how am I supposed to, how am I supposed to take all this shit? Do you believe in tarot card readers or any of that stuff? Or? I, I think that, so I, I think, you know, there's, there are, I believe that there are some things we can't explain and there are some people who have abilities beyond, you know, what is explainable. I think there are a lot of people who are just good at manipulating people. So that is, you know, and, and we should be skeptical. I think it's a good thing to be skeptical. Um, there's... I don't know, there's, there's a symbolism in tarot card reading that has archetypes that go back hundreds of years and, and connect with some sort of more collective understanding, you know, that, mm-hmm. it, like, I don't know scientifically how genetic right. memory works or any of mm-hmm. that, but there are things that we inherit. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that as far as understanding, like, how to categorize and tell stories about people's lives in ways that they can understand or relate to it, you know, that, that does make sense to me. And, um, I so, yeah. but, but do you find that when you're talking about your artwork personally, that you have trouble navigating that, that space of like, I mean, I, I have genuine respect for you and you know that, and I take this project, you know, what you're saying, uh, seriously at face value, of course. So there's no question there. I'm not you know, there's no question. But anyway, so but so you're authentic. We know this. 
But do you personally feel like you nav- have to navigate that space, cynical people like me, maybe, uh, oh, when absolutely. you're talking about your work and does it make you uncomfortable? Absolutely. I, it probably did, especially, you know, if someone's like trying to mansplain to me about uh-huh. it or something, uh-huh. But um, <laughs> which does happen. But um, I think that to me, I'm exploring, like I use myself as a subject, but I, I feel like I represent this kind of, I'm trying to represent everybody's like search for belief like and 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 we all we all don't follow you know we're not all completely rational mm-hmm. when we're deciding what we believe in and we have mm-hmm. these associations that come from what we're surrounded with in pop mm-hmm. culture and the people that we've been so around so do you have religious beliefs? No. Okay. That's I'm, interesting. No. And then the other thing is we've only got uh, like 10 minutes left but I just wanted to know if the, that also if like there's something maybe unexplained in your life that you're looking for explanation for hmm well i just think like maybe your relationship with your dad maybe i i i don't which i have no idea about (laughs) (laughs) i don't have i i actually do think that a lot of the mystery with the women you know with my uh there's something about the women the the female line in my family that i feel is missing information still and I don't, I, I don't but know. But I wonder what motivated you to actually, eat, why are, I mean, why, why, what in you um, is, ex, is driven to explore this? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I sometimes, I have, a, I mean, I, I have so many different answers for this. Uh, uh-huh. One answer is I that. I would expect you would. Yeah. I mean, one <laughs> answer is that I um, had a lot of, I was chronically ill as a child and I was, um, uh, and I had just a lot of things to over physical. Uh, really? What kind of illness? You look so healthy um, now. I, you don't mind me asking. No, it's it wasn't anything. Um, just like, like sickly kid. I was. I have a very you know very uh, bad respiratory problems. Uh, like so asthma stuff. I, I'm not going to get into the details okay, because right. it is it really inf- okay, affected yeah. my life very deeply. Okay, sure. And I have had it just a history of. You know that I would rather not get into no, deeply, no, no, but good. a history of no. physical ailments and some psychological struggles, and just a lot to get through. And also some um, speaking of my father, my father also has some ailments and psychological struggles that I had to also get through with him. Do you, do and, you feel like there's a biological connection between you and him? Yes. Okay. I mean, do you feel like yes. you've inherited those? I think so, or, or to some extent. But I, but I feel like I was always looking at these. Um, just sort of like seeking ways of my own version of transcendence, how to transcend like these mm-hmm. problems or, or address them or face them in a way that they're interesting instead of horrible, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing. And the other thing is that, you know, because my family, they were religious back, you know, several generations and um, the spirituality level of spirituality, at least in my direct line had sort of waned, Mm -hmm. but I was sort of introduced to Judaism as a child. And I actually really uh, liked the, a a lot of aspects of it, but my, my parents weren't religious. So as soon as they decided to stop going to temple, I went, stop going to temple too. Did you go to Hebrew school or anything like that? I went to Hebrew school. I had a bat mitzvah. Oh, you Um, did? Yeah, I did. I did a lot of the, the Jewish (laughs) observance. That's, and um and i was and i really was um i really respected the rabbi that that we had at our Mm -hmm. temple and um some of the experiences i had in temple i i 
feel funny saying a little weird saying this now, but but it really those really inspired me, and I was missing. I didn't believe in God though, mm-hmm. and I and once my family stopped going, I didn't really. I was like, oh, I'll do other things, mm-hmm. but I was missing this uh, something having to do with coming together and like the community, the community, and and also just the self exploration that mm-hmm. is. Um, not just like going to therapy. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I can sort of see them making sense because, I mean, one of the things about um, religious organizations, especially like, I mean, I kind of, you know, I wasn't bought mitzvah or anything, but I grew up in a fairly Jewish, you know, whatever. I mean, I know a little bit of a taste of what you speak. And there is like something we, I mean, you know, it's something bigger than yourself, for mm-hmm. sure. And religion is something bigger than yourself. And you can talk about it, whether it, and it's interesting because, I mean, sort of what we're talking about, uh, how much is metaphysical and how much is real. And religion attacks or addresses that very directly, but it still doesn't have an answer. And there are no answers. And it's all very individual, what you think is real and what you think is, mis- you know, not real, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um you there must have been i wonder there must have been that feeling of community that you that was based on a history yes yes there was a feeling of community and there was there was some there was some ritual like ritual. an element of ritual that right. um you know just i really enjoyed <laughs> um and um also just this sort of I don't know. So I can I don't, see, I I can see what you're talking about. I can see what you're talking about because in a way, it's kind of like going to, say, synagogue. That's what you and I know the best. Going to a synagogue and doing the rituals, the prayers together and the standing up and kneeling and all that is a group activity based mm-hmm. on some history that you all have together, something right. bigger than everything everybody has themselves and i think that was very similar to what you did with your project and having everybody read yeah it's sort of like a passover seder or something yeah and so there's something about that that you miss and also if you say you are a shy person um you know we all learn how to compensate for shyness as we get older and you're in your 40s but i can imagine maybe in your 20s or something Something like that is a great way to feel like you're part of a community and you're doing things together. You're mm-hmm. doing something positive uh, together. Yeah, honoring each honoring each other and and you know having good values and all that stuff. Uh, I could see how one might miss that. Yeah, I mean, miss it, but not in a way that I want to return to it. Right. But that I want to figure out why that I miss it and sort of create my own as a way of exploring what that is, you know. But it's interesting because it's so complicated. And so the path that you're on is also because it's it has it is really funny. It's almost like you're trying to recreate a religion, but you don't want to be the God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just somebody else. Yeah, someone else can be the God. (laughs) That's great. That's great. Well, I'm I'm I. uh I'm thoroughly impressed with your, uh, you know, abilities and your tenacity and all all that stuff. And I know, I know you listeners are too. Isn't it great? (laughs) Uh, And uh, there was one more thing that I wanted to say or ask. And just give me a second. 
uh, what was it? What was it? It was, uh, what was it? It was about, um, no, I mean, it's a lot, it's a lot to digest and it's, it's a lot to think about. Oh, I remember now. Um, so I think I, I want, I want you, this is what I don't give out advice and this isn't advice. This is just what I want for you personally. This is about me wanting something for you. I want you to really own um, the legitimacy of the, you know, metaphysical hocus pocus aspect of your journey Mm -hmm. and not feel like you have to explain it or, or, you know, expect doubt for it. Because I think that you have integrity in it, and I think your heart is in the right place, and I think it is really impossible. I mean, we just spent an hour here, and I still couldn't really, you know, we still can't cut it up and slice it and package it. So I'm just saying that, you know, in order to continue your work productively, I, I would love to see you really own that metaphysical for lack of better word, aspect of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And when you think about it, when you talk about it, and when you're in touch with it. Thank you. Okay. Good? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we've got three minutes left and just enough time for me to uh, get you to hang in here and listen to the person that's going to follow me, or I should say the show, which is uh, the wonderful Elon Danziger. You know, I've had Elon over to my house a couple of times. We've had a few Radio Free Brooklyn soirees. And uh, I really, really like Elon. There's just something really like so uh, well, not, you know, he's just so accepting. He's a really easy, like, I mean, honestly, if my husband, like, he's so easy to deal with. And so thoughtful, and I just wish my husband had some of the qualities that Elon has. But um, that's my husband calling me right now. Listen to this. Phil, did you hear me making fun of you on the air? Is that why you called? Yeah, I was saying that, yeah, see, see, this is really funny because we were having this talk about psychics and metaphysical, and I was saying that I wish you were a little more like Elon, the show that's on, the the host of the show that's on next, because he's just so easy to get along with and <laughs> and all that stuff. So uh, anyway, that's what I said. So thanks for calling, but I got to go because I've got a minute and a half yet. Why did you call, though? See what I'm saying? My husband is calling me to invite me to lunch because he doesn't even remember. He doesn't give a fuck about my radio show. The one thing I have scheduled every week that I care about, and you don't even fucking remember it. I love you, honey. I love you so much. I love you so much. Goodbye. That's what being married is like. So make sure you hang in there and uh, stay tuned for Elon, who does... Lost and rewound, and he carries around. Uh, he carried around a tape recorder in the mid '90s when he was a middle schooler, and he has stories and mixtape the mixtape uh, stuff, and uh, he's amazing. And also, please come by on Monday night on the 28th to uh, to uh, the Footlight because I'm going to be there, and uh, I think the panel 
discussion is going to be fascinating. What is the role of independent political talk radio? And we've got to find out that because we got to we got to stick in we got to stick in this. You know, this whole administration has to bind us together. And please support the Elizabeth Foundation for the Arts while you're at it. Okay, it's. 